0: I'm Robin Andler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBSI Views podcast. I'm joined by Matt Phillips, head of UK and Ireland banking for Diebold Nixdorf. And we're talking about how banking needs to be is now expected to be customer
1: focused. Customer expectations set the standard. And really, we always ask ourselves which FI, which bank is meeting those customer standards, and how do we help our customers? Uh, which are the banks themselves achieve that in a in a more efficient and seamless fashion? But the fact of the matter is, Robin, from a technology standpoint, we're all ready to go. The technology standards often set by the big fintechs that we're uh, we're all too familiar with, right? Whether that's Apple or Samsung, and how that translates into a a very seamless, easy customer experience, then sets the standards that we expect in every part of our lives.
0: Well, from the end consumer perspective, just to stay with the customer, your customer's customer, as it were, is it pressure from the end consumer that is changing technology, changing technology implementations?
1: We're all pretty tech savvy. You know, we're all pretty much use, And I say all, there is a big cohort of people, certainly in the UK market, that we have to cater for that are less tech savvy, and maybe we'll touch on them in a minute, but the majority of people are pretty tech savvy. Generally, have a smartphone. Generally, have access to digital services. And through our retail shopping experiences, we have a lot of technology and, and journeys available to us now that uh, that we demand from all aspects, including our financial services provider. And why shouldn't we, as an industry, leverage what these fintechs are bringing to market? So things like using facial recognition on your smartphone as a secure way of conducting a banking transaction. It's all there and ready to use rather than having to recreate the uh, the wheel, so to say.
0: Well, we'll come back to perhaps the security aspect a little later on. But in terms of that journey, that customer journey, you said there are people that are not tech savvy. How do we bring them yeah. along?
1: Yeah, really, really great question, Robin. And um, so specifically in the UK market, there are around 6% of adults who technically are unbanked, and if you think from a a cash perspective, you know, these people wholly rely on the access to cash. They don't necessarily have a smartphone. They don't. They're not digitally enabled. And so as an industry, we still have to provide them with the ability to conduct their daily lives. And we've seen that number increase with the inflationary pressure we're all feeling these days in the market. So being able to provide choice and convenience for those customers whom are not so tech savvy is critical and that needs to remain. And then there's the education piece. So where where some of those people are able or you know, need a bit of support to be become digitally enabled, then as, as an industry, it's incumbent on us to help them do that.
0: It's also, I would say, a business opportunity because it's all real to say it's about 6% of people. That's not a big percentage. It means there are 94% of people on the other side of the equation. But 6% of people in a country like the UK is still millions of people.
1: Correct. Absolutely right. And we need to cater for those needs. And look, I'm sure you've covered it on, on other podcasts, but access to cash is such a hot topic right now, whether you look into the UK market domestically or indeed. Uh, across Europe, protecting access to cash for those who who require access to it, whether that's for reasons of being unbanked, or whether just from a choice perspective, uh, or a resilience perspective, as as is now the case, uh, is critical for us as an industry moving forward.
0: And there must be a way of doing this that is slick, if I can put it that way, works with the technology, that the technology assists.
1: Quite right. And, And there certainly is. As an industry, we are trying to collaborate, and as a tech provider ourselves, we are pushing the technology envelope in terms of how do we drive efficiency into the model. Managing a cash ecosystem is expensive. Dropping off cash at individual locations and picking it up is expensive, in some people's opinion. So us being able to put recycling into the market, where in one device you can withdraw cash as well as deposit cash drives down the cost of supply and therefore protects its tenure in the marketplace for those people who need it. And that's just one example of, of what we're trying to do with our customer base and an industry to uh, to protect access to cash from Land's End to John Groat's.
0: All right, let's turn the, the conversation on its head and let's talk about the 94% now. The, sure. the, the overwhelming majority of people who are sure. tech savvy, who have the smartphones and therefore, of course, these days have got enlarged thumbs from all yeah. the texting they're doing. <laughs> what services can we expect to see people developing and offering in the future, taking advantage of all that the technology can offer?
1: Yeah, great question. And I, I am a big advocate of the word personalization. And I think there's still a hell of a lot of catching up to do as an industry. And, and what I mean by that is, our financial services provider has probably, of all the people we interact with or businesses we interact with, they have the most data on us as an individual, whether that's who we shop with, our spending habits, our savings capability, our investments. So how do they harness that data and then really offer a personalized experience to me as an individual, as opposed to you know, a male in his 40s, let's say? So I think the the next five years will be defined by more personalization in the digital journeys that then do translate into a physical journey. So for example, if I've started a mortgage application online yesterday evening and I walk into my bank branch today, wouldn't it be great if the person greeting me knows full well that I started that journey and could have a conversation with me about why didn't you finish it? Can we assist you? So I think there's there's this hybrid model versus a, a pure digital model that I think we'll, we'll see evolve up in as, as the next few years develop.
0: Well, it's interesting you put it that way, because, of course, there was one word there that you used that my ears immediately perked up at, and that was branch.
1: Yes. Yes, the good old branch.
0: So you're you're expecting the, the, the financial services branch, whether it's a bank or a brokerage or whatever, will survive, obviously in much reduced quantity because yeah, we're already seeing that happen.
1: It'd be foolish to say we're not going to see further consolidation in the market. I think that's a trend we've seen over the last few years and is probably going to continue. I know that the the legislation, legislators are looking at how they stem the flow of that. But to your, to your question, branches are here to stay. The role of the branch fundamentally won't change. I think we will see a development of how a branch layout looks and feels for for you and I. I think banks will use companies like us to potentially outsource more of the self-service and managing that self-service ecosystem because that's what we do best. And they will focus most of their effort on uh, dealing with customers that are walking into the branch and want to have those conversations about mortgages, investments. I think we will see a, a move back to, towards more relationship banking perhaps we you know we, we give our our banks credit for today
0: they're all going to turn into coffee shops with a bank branch attached aren't they
1: <laughs> well you can get a nice cup of coffee in a lot of a lot of branches these days and um and look if to your point if you look at, across the pond at, at Europe and certainly Netherlands is a great example you know they have they have changed the branch layout for years now into more of a destination footprint where you can sit relax and have a cup of coffee and have a you know, quite a an intimate chat with a branch representative about, you know, your your financial well-being and being more in a more relaxed environment, you know, certainly seems to help when you're having conversations that are close to your heart, especially when it's your own money.
0: Now you you also mentioned the role that your company plays, that Diebold Nixdorf plays. Traditionally, and I've been around the block a few times, so I'm a traditionalist, I viewed you as a hardware firm, but this is no longer the case.
1: We absolutely still provide a good deal of hardware and, and self-service systems. So, whether you're a retail bank or indeed a retailer, you know we are the top provider of ATMs globally. Uh, we're in the top two providers of of, uh, of certainly self-checkout and retail systems globally. So, it's still bread and butter for us, and and uh, you'll still see evolutions of that technology. We continue to invest in that technology as our customers want to deploy more advanced tech. But, you know, we equally focus on the software that that moves around the self-service and how that integrates into other things, into payments ecosystems, and how we can drive cost and efficiency for certainly for banking customers in that space. And then, of course, the wraparound services. So, you know, these, these systems that do move cash and provide services to customers, they do occasionally need a visit from one of our techs uh, to keep them on the road, so to speak. So hardware for us is still a critical part of our ecosystem and we'll be here to stay.
0: What's the rest of it though? What are the key features of the software business?
1: Well, somewhat integrated with the hardware. So so we're a believer that you know the combination of physical and digital will is a trend that's that's going to continue. So we often find in self-service that when something's taken away. And a good example of that could be a check deposit module at an ATM. You often, you know, as a consumer, you see this big sort of metal plate covering something that you used to use, whereas our systems are modular and designed to move with technology. So even if a card reader isn't needed anymore, then our fascias can just be changed simply to reflect that new journey. Bigger screens are are quite popular these days to give you more of that that sort of iPad-style experience. But fundamentally, our focus really is on the the smallest footprint, high security, being able to offer recycling. That is the trend that I think is going to define self-service for the next five years, and certainly we're very proud and passionate about our heritage there and and how we feel we've got to step up on our competitors in that space. So um, driving efficiency through self-service as well as being able to enable more journeys at self-service, maybe like video, like you and I are talking now, Robin. That will define our hardware strategy, I think, for years to come. Matt Phillips,
0: Head of UK and Ireland Banking, Diebold Nixdorf.